0: Oh, hey, creepsters. This is Ashley from the Creepinati, and I'm here to remind you to lock your doors and check under your beds because you're listening to my favorite podcast A Paranormal Chicks. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings, 50. Thank you so much, Ashley G., for those beautiful instructions. And she said we're her favorite, so thank you. I think she just meant me. Oh, okay. Pretty sure she said y'all. If you play it backwards, it said Donna only.
1: (laughs) Subliminally. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you want us to argue about what you meant... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> head on over to patreon.com slash the apc
0: podcast i was gonna say about the subliminal message stuff back when john mayer came out with uh your body is a wonderland mm-hmm. there was this girl in high school and someone was singing it and i was like you know he says donna he says my name in that song and she was like what and I was like, yeah. And, you know, when he's like, da-na-na, na-na, nah, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, dunna na 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 And she was like, oh, my God, he does. And I was like, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. She's also the girl who said, did the lights just lower or did my eyes dim? <laughs> I'm like, the the lights lowered. <laughs> like, do your eyes normally dim? <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> or are you dim?
1: <laughs> you know, When we get y'all's emails from the website that sends to our email address, you have to put your name in because like it's required to send us the email. But if you don't sign it at the bottom, we don't say your name because since the name is required, you know, we're not going to read your name because we don't know if you, what you want us to say. So just remember y'all, if you want us to say your name, sign the bottom of your emails, no matter where it's from. This one says... This stuff took place when I was about 12. I've written the two most significant episodes. One night, my bedroom was pitch black and I woke up out of a dead sleep. I heard a low growling chanting at the foot of my bed. I looked down and saw two red glowing eyes in a large shadowy head approximately three feet high. The shadowy thing then started to climb onto the bed and I felt I couldn't breathe as it rushed towards my head. I was able to reach out and turn on my bedside lamp, and the thing disappeared. I didn't sleep anymore that night, and I still hesitate to sleep with the lights off 15 years later. Another time, I was watching TV in my parents' bedroom around 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I was absorbed in whatever daytime TV trash I was watching when suddenly there was a sudden thump at the head of my bed. I was sitting at the foot as if a person had jumped down onto it. I didn't see anything in that space, and I couldn't find anything that had fallen to explain the sound. I got out of that room pretty quickly and refused to be in there alone for quite some time, but it never happened again.
0: Hello, fellow freaks. So I'm a new listener, and I just finished the episode about shadow people, and I thought I'd share my experience because it's pretty freaky. So when I was a little girl, I lived in a house that was like 100 years old. I remember overhearing that the previous owners thought that there was something in the walls, which is why they were selling. I thought that they meant, like, mold or rats or whatever. I was, like, six. Anyway, everything was fine until it wasn't. I started getting shoved out of my bunk bed when I was sleeping in my room. Oh,
1: my God.
0: My TV would randomly have some really intense porn on that would wake me up throughout the night, even though I only watched the Disney Channel. (laughs) Oh, my God. I wish I had that problem. (laughs) Donna would never leave her room. (laughs) No wonder I have carpal tunnel. (laughs) Then I started seeing a man, all black with a top hat and red eyes. I saw him in the corners of the house and started seeing him on the street everywhere I went. I was terrified and refused to be alone. Finally, my mom and her friend blessed the house and my room especially, and I was able to sleep in there again. Fast forward a while, and I'm 20 with a new baby, and I dreamed of the shadow man for the first time since that old house. In my dream, I saw him standing over my baby's crib, reaching for her. Mm -hmm. The next morning after my hubby left for work, I did a full blessing and called him out. He was not happy. He threw things, shook the windows, tipped her crib over, and generally tried to scare me into giving up. I sat on my floor in my salt circle and rocked and sang to my baby who slept through the whole thing. Eventually, it stopped and I've never seen him again. Sorry for the long post, but that's my story. Holy crap. Woo. That's so scary. That's so intense. And oh my God, don't mess with a baby. like mm, Or a mama. That's what I meant. I don't know why I said that, but that's what I meant. All right, this
1: one is My Haunted Story by Jess. Hey ladies, I wanted to share some stories about my parents' haunted house in Westchester County, New York for sinister sightings. I lived there from age 12 to 18. My parents still live there and are probably close to being the longest inhabitants of the home since it was built. So I grew up with Irish superstition. That was one of the legacies that my grandma Joan left with us after her death when I was just about six months old. I grew up hearing stories about ghosts or the story of the bull moose monster and superstitions like don't walk under a ladder or don't paint anything black.
0: Wait, don't paint anything black? What about my soul? <laughs> just kidding. But I I have painted stuff black. Like what? Like furniture. Yeah, I think that's I don't know. I'm I don't know. Just, I'm just Irish over here. I don't know. <laughs> just let us know.
1: It's all bad luck, so for me, the paranormal and superstition was normal. My parents like old houses, and growing up in the Northeast, there was no shortage of houses and local history and lore. The first house my parents bought was pretty old. In fact, it was likely older than we thought it was when we lived there. The side yard had all of these sinkholes because there had been a barn there that must have had some kind of cellar, and when the previous owners knocked it down, they just filled the holes with the demolition material. There was also a shed. I remember my mom thinking it was a sheep shed, but I think it was just a chicken coop. There was no electricity in it, and it was very dark. I don't think that I ever went all the way back into that shed in all the years we lived there. It had a super creep factor, the kind that makes you suddenly feel the urge to poop. (laughs) As a kid, I got that creepy feeling a lot. Maybe I just had to poop a lot. I don't know. You know what? Same. When I was 12, my parents decided to buy a bigger house. We found a house that was built at the turn of the century. It wasn't far from our first house, but it was in a new school district. Moving schools is always hard for kids, but moving into a haunted house as a tween definitely added to that difficulty. Even though the paranormal and such was totally normal in my family, I don't think I shared much about the house for several years with my friends from school. But imagine it. Croton on Hudson, New York. In the woods where colonialists hid from royalists in barns and communist artist types lived and hid in the first half of the 1900s during the Red Scare. Okay, the next part has the address and I'm pretty sure they said that their parents still live there, so I'm not going to say it. It has three acres of rock formations deposited as the ice melted away 11,500 years ago. One of the rock formations created a sort of overhang that humans and animals have likely been using to protect themselves from the elements for thousands of years. The huge boulder that sits at the base holding up the huge slab of stone that forms the roof of the cave, as we always called it, had names carved into it. One was nicely carved in slightly decorative handwriting while the other was more crudely carved and was less weathered. I would go out to the cave and start digging in the dirt, and then I would hit something that sounded hollow to my untrained teenage ears and get scared and run inside. One day, I was raking the leaves away from the inside of the cave. I noticed faint carvings in the rock face that were at the ground level, one on the left-hand side and one on the right-hand side. They were small crosses, This was fairly definitive proof that at least one of the people whose names were carved in the stones were buried here. Then there was the ghost and the fact that my bedroom was always freezing cold. Over the years, my parents had the heating in my room checked several times, but the HVAC guys could never find anything wrong with it. I had been seeing a shadow figure, so I did the research. I literally walked into the town historian's office at the library and said, There is a ghost in my house, and I want to know who it is. Without missing a beat, the town historian, an older lady, who at the time was like in her 90s, said, Oh, I know your house. Let me find the photograph.
0: Dun, dun, dun. As she
1: searched around her desk, which was completely obscured by huge stacks of books and papers, I was surprised that she didn't even laugh at me. It may have been normal in my family, but I knew some people believed ghosts were not real. She pulled out a photo of a group of people sitting on the edge of a stage. She said, this is the inside of your house. It was a dance hall for the New Thought Colony. She went on to explain that the New Thought Colony was a group of artists, writers, actors, dancers, and other creatives that had moved up from Greenwich Village. Some came only in the summer. Some apparently lived there year-round. She pointed to a young woman in a photo and said, that's me. Aww. The dance hall had only one floor, the ground floor, and the stage was located on the far end of the house where my bedroom, the bathroom, and my parents' bedrooms are now located. The floors of our bedrooms were formerly the stage, and the attic that is there now wasn't there originally. The family who converted the building into a home built the second floor in the 40s. The town historian asked me what the ghost that I had been seeing looked like. I told her I would see it crossing my bedroom to my parents' bedroom. There was a big mirror in the hallway that was visible from the living room, and I would see the shadow figure cross in front of it, blocking out the light reflected off of it. The figure wore a cloak and a hat and would cross quickly from stage left to stage right, never the other way. She looked at me and said, oh yeah, I think I know who that is. She went on to explain that Baron von something or other was a writer, a playwright who produced plays on that stage in the dance hall. He lived a couple of miles away in a grand Tudor style home that was set back a couple hundred feet from the road that led down to the village of Croton. When I was in high school, I would get in so much trouble for turning up the heat. We had single pane windows in the house and I assumed it was cold and drafty because of that. But when I would turn up the heat in the house, my room would never get warm, but all of the other rooms would become unbearably warm. My parents didn't believe me. During my college years, when my parents turned my bedroom into an office, my mom would spend some time in there on her computer and she complained to my dad that the room was always cold in the winter. When they told me this, I was like, see, I told you so. I'm not sure how or what fixed the problem, but now the room gets ample heat. It only took 25 years to work correctly. On one visit home from college, my mom and I are standing by the fireplace watching TV. The landing slash hallway between our bedrooms is visible to the right of the television. Suddenly, both of us snapped our heads to the right. My mom looked at me. I was looking towards the mirror and she said, Did you see that too? I replied that I did and had been seeing it since we moved into our house when I was 12. I realized at that moment that we had never talked about what we were apparently both seeing all of these years. I explained to her that seeing the shadow crossing between our bedrooms was what had prompted me to do research into the house when I was in 7th and 8th grades. Sightings of our friend Baron Von Something or Other are few and far between nowadays, but then my parents aren't working on the house as much as they were back in those early years, and there are no longer hormonal teenagers living in the home. My parents have bulldogs, and over the past 20 or so years, a couple of them have reacted occasionally to something in that hallway. Something that couldn't be seen by the human eye, but that made the dogs rush to the landing, standing there and barking as if protecting us from some invisible force. So, I had learned that the individual buried in the backyard, a Mr. William Tate buried in 1843, according to the stone carving, was not the residual energy haunting the house. But who was the second name on the stone? Brutishly carved on what was essentially Mr. Tate's headstone? The carving said S. Pezan. It took me 25 years to actually figure that one out. Thanks to Facebook, I'm in a group called You Know You're From croton Wynn, and some of the members are pretty vocal, including Miss Pezanowski. One day, after seeing one of her posts in the group, it struck me. Pezan is part of Pezanowski. What if? I messaged her and she messaged right back. Apparently, she asked her husband who admitted to defacing the stone as a teenager. But he never got to finish carving his long last name into the stone. So now, some 25 or so years later, his bit of information provided me with an answer to why the names were carved so differently. There is at least one other entity in the house as well. We haven't seen it, but it has made its presence known. One day, my mom was home sitting in our foyer when there was an arcade-sized centipede. She was home alone, and it was just prior to my brother and I getting home from school. When I got home first, my mom asked me, Hey, when did you get home? I answered that I had just gotten home, so she asked, Is your brother home? And I answered, Not that I know of. She then proceeded to tell me that she was playing a game, and she felt her hair get, like, flipped up in the back. It happened once, and then it happened again. Now, my mom has super long hair, like, past her butt long. So when she would sit At the video games, she would put her hair over the back of the stool so as not to sit on her hair. And what she felt and saw was her hair flip up into the air as if someone had come behind her and taken her hair in both of their hands and just kind of thrown her hair up in the air. The first time freaked her out. She got up from the game, walked around looking for anyone else in the house, and shaken, she decided it was weird but couldn't happen a second time. And moments later, it did. She did not return to the video game after the second time. And I still remember her acting and looking freaked out when I arrived home from school within the hour after it occurred. It never happened again after that. Dang.
0: That's a lot. And I love that you found out stuff that's not paranormal in Facebook.
1: Well, and that, like, it seemed like, well, what is this? Like, it Mm -hmm. was like this huge clue, you know? Yeah. It was very the movie Now and Then.
0: Oh, yes. (sighs) Yes. But did you have a Devin Sawawa in your life? If you did, you're very lucky. (laughs) All right. I guess I should share my paranormal story, which is my everyday life. My grandfather passed away on February 26, 2017. About a year and a half later, I moved into the house that he left to my mom. It's me, my two kids, ages five and eight months, my boyfriend and my mom. My grandfather passed during his Sunday after church nap in his recliner. We kept the recliner in the living room. Needless to say, shit started happening almost immediately. At 7 a.m. almost every morning, we can hear his footsteps walking from his bedroom, which is now my mom's room, to the kitchen for his coffee and breakfast, and then the recliner will make a noise almost like he's sitting on it. On my birthday this year, I felt him sitting at the dinner table while I was eating, It literally felt like he was sitting right next to me telling me happy birthday. It was this warm, comforting sensation that I've only felt in this house. I've smelled his aftershave in random spots. My five-year-old son talks to him every night before bed, even says granddad sometimes. After my daughter was born, we saw a mist-like figure come up the stairs and into our bedroom as if he was coming to see the new baby. He loves to prank us. He will open cabinets because he knows it's my biggest pet peeve. He's hidden my cigarettes, our TV remotes, knocked on the walls, makes lights flicker until we tell him to stop fucking with them. (laughs) He's even knocked some pots and pans together when we're upstairs, so we'll run downstairs freaking out. He can be a real asshole sometimes, but that's my granddaddy, and I can't imagine him not being here with us. Even in the afterlife, he still finds a way to let us know that he'll never leave our sides. Haley P.,
1: Oh my god, Haley, that's so sweet that he's there. I love if a damn prankster like that.
0: Oh my gosh, yes. But ooh, hiding your cigarettes, he's a brave soul. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're drinking your coffee. <laughs> also, I don't know if you ever watched Big Brother, but the knocking the pots and pans together thing reminded me of The guy who was like your meatballs. Josh. Yes.
1: One of the best. I mean, he was such a, like, a shitster, but God, it was so good. So good. Hello from Sarah in rainy, shitty, cold Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I've been debating if I should write in to you beautiful ladies or not. On my way to work this morning, I decided, why not? I thought of a good story. Um, Always write in. Always. Just for some backstory and or foreshadowing the foreskin, my grandfather was my best friend growing up. He was the person I spent most of my time with. We would go out to eat at a little diner near our house almost daily, and his alcoholic ass would take me to the American Legion with him to hang out at ten years old. He ended up getting cirrhosis of the liver, which turned to cancer, which spread throughout his entire body. He was, of course, in the hospital and they sent him home to hospice after some time. While in hospice, he was staying in my aunt's house so they could help take care of him in his final days. I, of course, had Had to be there with him. Picture it. The night before he died, I was sleeping on the floor in my aunt's bedroom. Before falling asleep, I prayed to whatever higher power there was and told them it is okay to take my pap now. He was done suffering and I couldn't stand seeing him in pain and doped up on morphine anymore. Sometimes I wonder if that was wrong of me to do, considering I woke up the next morning to my aunt telling me that my pap had died. Of course, I was distraught and didn't even know what to think considering I was barely awake. I went into the room that he was in, and my aunts were crying and cleaning him up so he didn't have to lay in anything nasty anymore. His pride wouldn't let him do that. After they cleaned him up, I was sitting on the bed beside him with my aunt just talking and crying before the ambulance came to take him away. We wanted those last few minutes with him. Here comes the weird part. My aunt's granddaughter, my cousin, was a toddler at the time and had a toddler potty chair in the room that I had slept in that night. The chair would play music after going potty on it. The only time the chair would make a noise or play music was if there was pee or water or something dumped into it. Otherwise, there was no way for it to make noise. The potty chair also hadn't been working. I'm not sure if it just needed batteries or what but the music generally didn't work when using it. As my aunt and I were sitting beside my pap right after he passed away, we could hear the chair in the other room start to play noise. We look at each other like, what in the hell is going on in there? We go to check and see if anyone was in there. The toddler wasn't in the home at this time. And sure enough, there was no one there. There was no water, pee, or anything in the chair. It was simply playing music all on its own. We both immediately said it was my grandfather's spirit leaving the house. I mean, this wasn't even 10 minutes after he died. Still to this day, I'm convinced that that was him saying goodbye to us, him letting us know that he was okay now. Now I am 23 and I have a four-year-old of my own. My cousin gifted me the potty chair when I was 18 and had a newborn. My daughter used it around two years old until she was potty trained. The music on the potty chair doesn't work to this day. Love your podcast and will be signing up for Patreon shortly. Much love, Sarah C. Oh my God, I love that story.
0: Yes, that is so sweet, sad, and just so sweet. I really feel like that was him saying goodbye. Oh, absolutely. Goodbye and thank you. Yeah, I definitely think so. Oh, this one says, sinister sightings, sleep paralysis, question mark? I know everyone says this, but sorry if it's too long. I'm a super detailed person when it comes to telling stories and that. This is about a type of sleep paralysis. Maybe y'all will know. During a dream, I had a daughter. What I've always wanted, just not right now. It started by fast-forwarding through the first four to five years of her life. Only showed the parts that I was putting her to bed. I always felt odd laying her down. As if, if I left, something would happen or someone else would be there. One night, the two of us were in her room. She was around 5. Her bed was pushed up against the wall with toys scattered all over the place. The lights were off, but we had one of those light projector things pointed at the ceiling, plus the light from the hallway. I'm laying on my back on her bed watching her play and explain toy-related shit to me. "Kids?" question mark told you, "I'm not ready yet." LOL. All of a sudden, I get a very odd feeling, the same as when I put her to bed, but it never happened any other time. I prop my head up a bit to look around, and my eyes fall upon the side of a bookshelf that's right next to the doorway. I see the classic creepy little girl, pale skin and long black hair, peeking around the bookshelf, just staring, and not at my daughter, but me. At that moment, in the dream, I was paralyzed. Thinking about my daughter and what would happen to her. This was a feeling I had every night putting her to bed. Now I know what it was from. Now, I was still asleep, but I knew I was dreaming. I knew that my boyfriend was asleep right next to me and none of this was real. Of course, I tried to scream in the dream and real life. The dream scream didn't happen, but I did manage to scream out loud and wake my boyfriend up. We have a small window right above our bed so the street light shines in. When I opened my eyes, I could see him. He was leaning over, shaking me, and repeatedly said, Wake up, what's wrong? I was still a little paralyzed because I couldn't say anything for a couple of seconds, but it felt like forever. I finally got out a mumble, but was also a mixture of crying and laughter. It absolutely horrified me, but laughing because of how my boyfriend described my screaming. (laughs) Once I was able to get out a, I'm fine, it was a creepy dream, he said I sounded like a screaming goat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a goat. Great. Glad I sound like a goat as my brain is trying to make me not ever want kids. (laughs) All I can think about is that Taylor Swift song that they put in the screaming goat. Oh my gosh. He then went on to say how the screaming obviously woke him up and scared him because it never happened like that before, so he had to pee. (laughs) Then he gets up and walks downstairs and just leaves me. Sorry, babe, but your bladder could have waited another minute. (laughs) We have two dogs, and one of them always waits upstairs with me until I go down. At least I have her. Not completely sure if this is sleep paralysis since I'm not actually awake, but I don't know what else to call it. It happened three other times, but never as bad as this. After this time, I bought Sage using Prime and smudged the whole house myself and every animal we have. I found that black tourmaline is supposed to help with sleep paralysis, so I bought some of that too. I haven't had any more episodes since. Thank the Lord. Absolutely love y'all and wish I didn't binge listen all the episodes, but also not sorry. Have a lovely day. Michelle L. from Darmstadt, Illinois. Oh my gosh. Look, I have
1: very vivid dreams like that too. Like, obviously not that specific one, but like, whew. So I get the crazy vivid dreams like that.
0: If anyone knows what that is or has Mm -hmm. any insight, let us know. Like, put it in the Facebook group.
1: Hi, Donna and Carrie. I recently discovered your podcast and have been binging episodes, which I have to thank Emily Nestor from Mile Marker 181 for her appearance on your podcast was How I Found You. Shout out, Emily Nestor. You've made me laugh and snicker my way through days at work. I've had some weird looks from people as I whizz past on my mower, laughing my head off. I mow parks and cemeteries for a living. The mower isn't my current mode of transport. I mean, what in the Bobby Boucher is going on here? <laughs> if you want it to be your car,
0: get it. Oh, my God. I just picture them, like, on the back roads here, and when the big uh, tractors are on the thing, and they're like, go around. Yes. Or whatever. <laughs>
1: There's two things that happened to me that could be included on Sinister Sightings episodes. One when I was a teenager and it terrified me. And the other was an incident that happened to me in my early 20s that is confusing and weird and terrifying in a completely different way. And no, it's not sexual if anyone's thinking
0: that. Donna. You know, you're not wrong because I was. I was like, oh, this is intriguing.
1: I'll tell you about the time I almost pissed my bed with fear when I was around 13, 14 years old. That remains the only spooky thing that's ever happened to me so far in life. I grew up in Manchester, UK, and by the time I was 13, I had two younger brothers who shared a bedroom. As I was the eldest of three boys, I got my own room at the back of the house. It was around November, December time, as I remember it being extremely cold and dark. I got into bed, lay on my side, clasped my hands together and put them between my knees in an effort to snuggle up and get warm. After a while of laying there, I was in the phase of not being asleep, but I was warm and comfy. My mind had switched off and I knew I would be asleep in a matter of minutes. Just as I was drifting off, I felt a hand lovingly stroke my face. I felt the individual fingers run from my temple across my cheek to the side of my chin. I knew it was my mom. It's something she'd do. I smiled to acknowledge her. It was her way of saying good night without speaking. I don't know why I opened my eyes, but I did. I looked up and no one was in my room. My door was shut. My brain was trying to process what just happened. In no time at all, I'd processed that my face had been touched, that no one else was in the room. I wasn't asleep, so I couldn't have dreamt it. And when the last remaining explanation of me scratching my own face had been rolled out as my hands were clasped between my knees, I bolted out of my room, past the bathroom, past my brother's rooms, and straight into my parents' room. I was screaming and crying like a baby, absolutely terrified. They spent the next 30 minutes or so talking to me and trying to calm me down. I slept on the floor in their room that night.
0: Holy Hannah. One that sounded like it would be sweet and mm-hmm. yeah, loving. I'm like, "What a wonderful way to fall asleep." Right? Only it's not. It's terrifying. Yeah. Especially when you wake up and you're like, wait, 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 "Who's there?" Mhm.
1: Weeks later, my mom started talking about a medium she'd been going to see. She'd not told me as I was more than skeptical of mediums. I still am, to be honest. I'd have probably made fun about it. She told me why she was going was because of something that happened outside the bathroom that's next to my bedroom. My mom would often wake in the middle of the night needing to pee. I'm at that age now, too. Nightmare. Duh, same. She'd be half asleep, walking to the bathroom, and she'd see one of her three boys on the landing and tell us to get back in the bed. It happened loads of times, apparently, but one night when this happened, and she thought it was me, and she wasn't so sleepy, and instead of going back to bed, she decided to walk me back to my room. When she opened the door, I was fast asleep in bed, so she immediately thought it was one of my other two brothers. So she went to their rooms, and they were both in bed fast asleep. That's when she'd realized she'd been seeing a small boy near my bedroom door for the best part of a year. I've no idea who this boy was. I never saw him. My mom never got any messages from the mediums she saw, and I never had anything else happen to me in that house. I did leave home at 16 and had a mortgage before I turned 20. So thank you to the boy that stroked my face, scared the shit out of me, and encouraged me to move out and get on the property ladder early. My mom is still convinced mediums talk to the dead. I'm convinced they don't, but something definitely touched my face. That's undeniable as far as I'm concerned. I'll write back soon with the other strange thing that happened to me. Keep up the good work. I appreciate the effort you put in to make this podcast what it is. It's great. From Darren, born and raised in Manchester, UK, currently living in Christchurch, New Zealand. P.S. I love your accents. I need you too as the voices on my sat nav. Sat in my (laughs) Okay, are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) You get the point. Can somebody make this happen, please? Oh my God, that is great. You don't want me to do that.
0: No. When you'd get lost?
1: I would be like, turn right.
0: No, I mean turn left. Shit, which side of the road do you drive on?
1: (laughs) (laughs) And are you single because Donna's looking to mingle?
0: Right. Well, I would be like, is there a McDonald's? Turn left there. Big sign, turn right. Did you see that pasture with the cow that had the thing on its face? Go that way. Yep. (laughs) Do you believe in mediums? Some. Yeah, same. I believe in the ability.
1: I think with anything, there are people who are qualified and there are people who want to take advantage.
0: Yeah, definitely. Hello ladies, your favorite creepster here. I love your podcast and cannot fathom listening to anything else. I have a story here for you ladies that I'm sure will leave you questioning things. It all started when me and my fiance decided to pick up and move from Houston, Texas to a small town outside of Birmingham, Alabama, where my fiance was born and raised. His mother had let us stay in her home until we got settled and purchased our own place. She lived with her then-boyfriend, so we had the home to ourselves. It was the first morning of my new job, and I was worried about oversleeping. I set my alarm on the phone and had the phone close to my face so I would be sure to hear it. I remember at 6.30, my alarm went off, and I instantly hit the side button on my phone to silence the alarm. And as I began to doze off, I hear a loud, sinister voice as if it was directly in my ear say, Hello. Hello. I immediately jumped up and looked around to see if maybe my fiance was playing a stupid joke on me trying to make me shit my panties, but nothing was there. I was scared as fuck and got dressed and ran out of that house so fast to work. I told my fiance and he was just like, oh yeah, that was just Big Daddy, which is his grandfather. I'm like, oh hell no. He was like, he just didn't want you to be late on your first day of work. Fast forward four months later, I have given birth to my baby girl, and because she was breastfed, I would keep her right next to my breast while she rested on my arm. I had been so exhausted just from having a newborn and not getting enough sleep that I decided I would take a quick nap while she fed. Well, it must have gotten to a point where my body was starting to weigh on hers, and the spirit came and literally patted me on my shoulder really hard two times, and I jumped up to see who needed me, and there was nobody there at all but it woke me straight up, and I swear it was my fiancé telling me to switch sides because I was almost about to smother my newborn. Oh. He said it was Big Daddy again since he had died in that very room where I was napping and nursing my baby. Needless to say, I never slept in there again. Well, that's my spirit story, and word of advice, don't almost oversleep on your first day of work. Happy creeping creatures. Wow. Also, I want a granddaddy that's named Big Daddy. That's what she Blanche called her daddy on Golden Girls. Oh, my gosh. Also from The Princess and the Frog. Well, he helped you out multiple times. I mean, he was nice. I would sleep in there because he'd keep everything kosher. Mm-hmm.
1: Can he help me? Because I don't hear my alarm sometimes. This bitch even has me and Tiffany call us, and she
0: still doesn't hear us call her or her alarm. Look, I don't. And I said, oh, Tiffany woke me up today, and Carrie said, uh, I called too, bitch. mm I said, motherfucker.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Thank y'all so much for sending all these stories in. Y'all never disappoint. We love them. Keep them coming. Any possible thing you think
0: we want to know. Sorry. I was just like, oh, in the background, if you heard something, it wasn't a demon. It was me just thinking that was another grandfather story we had.
1: Oh, my God. That's three.
0: Yeah. I love it
1: when there's a theme when there's
0: not even supposed to be a theme. Yeah.
1: Because, again, we literally read these in the order in which we get them. hmm Whoa. That's so crazy. Y'all keep sending them in, aparanormalchicks at gmail.com or go to our website, aparanormalchicks.com, click on the contact us and send it in that way. Thank y'all so freaking much for all your support. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get get scared. scared.